Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Go Talk with Marcus, powered by Poddex, fueled by Goat Fuel. Um, just before we jump in, we are we're talking five days, four days away from two years of Go Talk. It's been incredible. I appreciate all you guys um, and 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 the ride that we've been on. It's been truly an honor. Um, this is episode 23, 23 of thirty two. Uh, so. Nine more after this Cowboys episode comes out on Monday. Um, once again, joining the show, Peyton Doyle with Peyton Doyle Show. What's up, man? Just chilling, man. Ready, ready to get in. Uh, <laughs> sometimes this, I feel this, like it's pointless because business as usual. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you were here like four days ago, so that's not, that, not honestly, much. That's a thing. long time. That's a long time. That is a long time. That is a long time. We've done a lot of conversating since in, in between that time, but yeah. Um, before we jump into the Cardinals, today's the Cardinals episode for those. I mean. As you can see by the title. But before we jump to the Cardinals, do want to talk about uh the 49ers officially having made the decision to move on this season with Trey Lance. Do you like that decision? Definitely. I mean, it's it's I know like the idea of like, okay, you need to play the guy who's ready. And like while Jimmy Garoppolo's is great in terms of win percentage, they traded up to draft Trey Lance to replace him. And yep. whether or not they like what they see from him in training camp, you have to live with that decision. And if you're John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, like you have to like, you have to play him because if not, like people are going to really, really, really question you if you don't. And in today's NFL, like these guys come in and play and rarely do they even get a year off like Trey Lance did. That's rare. And especially from a top three pick, I think that Trey Lance is incredibly talented. I think he's going to showcase that this year. Um, I don't know how many games he'll win because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of ups and downs and a lot of, um, you know, bumps along the way, but you need to throw the guy into the fire and see how he can perform because that's, that's the true test. You can say what you want about training camp, but you need to give them the first team reps. You need to have them prepare to be the starter and you need to see what he's like on an NFL field. I'll save my, deep dive about how many games I think they'll win, but do know that 
I have my records finished. I do, almost finished. I do think it is going to be a steep drop off in wins from Jimmy G this season and Trey Lance. Um, but I'll wait to dive into that a little bit later um, when we when we get into the 49ers episode specifically. What I will say, though, is I understand it. You got to play him. He's a high draft pick. As I said on a show I was on a couple weeks ago um, with John Jay, uh, who's a 49ers fan, good dude. Um, I don't see the harm. And I've been chastised. I was chastised by his viewers in the comments for saying this because I'm an outsider looking in. That's fine. Here's the, here's the deal. I don't see the harm in just running it one more year with Jimmy G because there's only one year left on his deal. Odds are you're not going to get something out of in, out of a trade, anything of true value anyway, out of a trade for Jimmy G because the league knows that there's only one year left. Why trade and give up assets when you can just wait eight months, wait for the season to finish and then sign him in free agency. And as we were talking about before the show, the only way that someone would trade for Jimmy G during the season is if someone gets hurt. And so, like, if Drew Locke gets hurt or or if, if you know, Tua gets hurt or something, like, j- just for, like, that's when we'll, – that is – aside from that, we're talking about a guy in Jimmy G who, by the way, and I didn't know this until I saw the graphic and it's insane. Um, this is a guy who, in the last 22 years of football, for all quarterbacks that have had at least 40 starts as an NFL quarterback since 2000, he's top five in win percentage. Amongst those quarterbacks, he's he's up there with Brady, uh, Eli or not Eli, Peyton Manning, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And it's Jimmy G is in that group of talent. A guy that many people would say is in the Hall of Average to very good is up there with guys who are one who's in the Hall of Fame and Peyton Manning, one who would have been in the Hall of Fame this year if he didn't come back, but will be as soon as he retires. And then two guys in Jackson and Mahomes who will be in the Hall of Fame 10, 12, 15 years from now, whenever it is that they decide to hang up the cleats. Like, he's up there with those guys, right? And that's not because of uh, a system. Like, Jimmy G is the system, really, in 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 San Francisco. They don't win games when Jimmy G doesn't play football. That's just how it is. He's 31 and 14. Uh, as the, the Niners are 31 and 14 with Jimmy G as starter, they are like, they, they don't even have double digit wins without Jimmy G. I don't remember the exact total, but they don't. So, so in my, and again, maybe it is because I'm outside looking in from my estimation. It, I don't think it hurts Trey Lance. I don't think it hurts even an organization really to go one more year, especially when you're coming off of a season where you were a dropped interception, a dropped interception away from going back to the Super Bowl, a game that you were just in, what was that three years ago? So you like, Regardless of the fact that Jimmy G doesn't, you know, can't do this, he can't do that, he's not mobile, he's not the modern day quarterback. You found a lot of success with Jimmy G as your quarterback. I don't think it hurts to try it one more time, especially because there's no guarantee that you get that from Trey Lance. I mean, he's a rookie. Maybe it's the fact that, okay, there's no tape on Trey Lance, so you got that to your advantage. Sure. But the one thing about Jimmy G is a lot of those toss up games on the schedule, like, Games against Carolina, games against Atlanta, games against Seattle, other games in the division that you would probably look and say, hmm, San Francisco can win this game because Jimmy's his quarterback. I don't know if we give Trey Lance right now anyway. I don't know if we look at Trey Lance and say with Trey Lance as the quarterback, I'd still look at the 49ers as potentially winning this game with him as a quarterback. Now, again, like I said, who knows? Training camp is one thing. Regular season is another. I uh, won't get into too much in it, but I did just want to bring that up because that is pertinent information from one quarterback situation now into another let's talk about the cardinals who are the topic of today's episode um kyler murray 
signed a massive deal. I believe it's the the, the second largest contract in NFL history as, as far as guaranteed money. There is an addendum in that contract, though, that has set the sports world on fire. Before we get into that, though, do you like the contract? Do you do you do you does this does this is is does this contract? Is it what am I looking for? Is it is Kyler Murray overpaid? Is he underpaid? Is he properly paid? How are you feeling about the money that Kyler Murray is now making? Yeah, it looks like a huge deal right now, but the way the quarterback market's going, it's it's a fine deal. They needed to pay him the the because the problem is when you have a guy like Kyler, Kyler Murray and he needs a new contract, it's either you pay him or you find someone better than Kyler Murray. And not a lot of those guys are out there, especially with the ceiling that Kyler Murray has as a player. I mean, he's incredibly talented. Um, sure, he hasn't shown us much in terms of playoff success. He hasn't shown us, you know, to be year in, year out, a, a top 10, a top five quarterback, certainly. You know, I know he's in the paid in, in like the top three range, I believe. Um, so, sure, maybe I guess in theory, like he's not worth the money you're giving him, but like give it five years and like he might, it might be a steal of a contract in a way. So, sure, like they gave him a lot of money, but that's, that's how quarterbacks work these days. You need to give them a lot yep. of money and yep. they're not going to find someone better than Kyler Murray off the bat. And he's, kind of the only reason that the Cardinals have been relevant since Carson Palmer. True. True. I'm I the contract's fine, money's fine, you're right. Like given the way that the quarterback market and the contract market in sports works, very soon this contract <laughs> will be towards the bottom of the top 10 yeah. as far as how the quarterbacks are being paid. That's just kind of how it works. Um let's talk about that addendum. Uh Kyler Murray signed the contract and in it it states that he is required four hours of independent study. Um, and that is a part of the contract agreement. He's agreeing to that. How does that, what is that? Why do you think that's in there? What is your reaction to that? How does that, all of that sound to you? I mean, it certainly raises some eyebrows to say the least. I mean, when I remember when I got the notification on my phone about that, I was like, wait, this is actually, this is, this is news. And a lot of people are going to downplay it. Like it's not news, but like it is, um, I guess maybe it's like a good way for for Kyler to be held accountable um, for, you know, watching film and whatnot. Kyler, and, and let's say he hadn't been watching a lot of film these past few years. Okay, well, if he gets better at it, there you go. Maybe he'll live up to that $230 million expectation. Um, overall, like, I'm not going to... I'm not going to make a mountain out of a molehill and, and, and act like this is the be all end all like, Oh, Kyler Murray's lazy and this and that. Cause he's not freaking lazy, dude. He's a professional quarterback. I feel like you shouldn't have to be enticed to watch film, like forced to watch film in your contract, especially for $230 million. That would be concerning for me as an organization, yeah. but like, let's not act like this means that like Kyler was just never watching like Jamarcus Russell the entire time. You know what I mean? Like, let's not yeah. act like that yeah. was just like what was going on. Maybe it's just something that the, the Cardinals and Kyler Murray agreed that he needs to work on and he needs to be more disciplined at was watching film. And that's why they have it in there. So um, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, the contract is $230.5 million. Uh, it's about $105 million guaranteed at signing and $160 million in the event that Kyler were to be hurt. I don't hate the addendum i don't love it 
we 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 look at contracts and you see things all the time about you know like attending offseason workouts and you know being a certain weight um and, and other tangible goals like that. Um I don't think we've ever all the top of my head, I mean I'm not that old, so I don't know. I mean, but off the top of my head, I don't think we've ever seen a contract with this kind of clause that would require a player to study more outside of team film meetings. Um, and I think maybe Jamarcus Russell would have had a clause like that in his contract if he played more than three years and got another shot. But uh, the addendum is mildly concerning to me from an optics standpoint. Um, this, you you can do this a number of ways. I'm I'm, gonna, I'm 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 inclined to agree with you. I don't think that Kyler Murray is a lazy guy. I also know for a fact that you don't put that in there unless you as an organization has some concerns about how much Kyler Murray is studying. Like it's it's like um, your mom's not going to take you to take the trash out. If there's no trash in in, in, the, yeah. in the garbage. You know, um, the check engine light's not going to come on in your car unless there's something wrong with your engine. Um, this isn't just the Cardinals didn't, for lack of a better term, just pull this out of their ass. Like this is there's something to this. It might not be as deep as what, you know, pundits and talking heads and, and, and people on Twitter may make it seem like. But there is something to this, which is why I think it's a cause for concern. I I don't. I don't often take I don't often go down this road, but I will go down this road just because I think it applies. Um, when you talk about the black quarterback, there are a lot of things that aren't attributed. There are a lot of things that are said about black quarterbacks. Very athletic, strong, you know, freakish athletes. The intangible things, the things that can't be um, the, the, the things that can't be described by a 40 time or a three cone drill or a bench press um, things that aren't quantitative the, the qualitative things of, of of what it takes to be a quarterback reading defenses and being a leader and all the intangibles that we talk about and we associate with some of the great quarterbacks in the history of the game aren't often applied to black quarterbacks the first time Peyton and I worked together was on the hashtag this just in show hashtag this just in show last year around draft time and we were talking about Justin Fields and his draft slot because at that time it had dipped a little bit because there was perceptions about his work ethic and his leadership. Justin Fields isn't the first black quarterback to go through that. He won't be the last. Um, there's always some if about a black quarterback and their ability to be successful, long-term successful, um, beyond their athletic prowess um, in the NFL. I find this concerning because this plays into the, the general assumption that black quarterbacks aren't great leaders and they don't have the work ethic. Again, I'm not saying that Kyler Murray is lazy. I'm not saying that Kyler Murray doesn't study. But in a way where there's smoke, there's fire. It might not be a, a wildfire, but maybe it's a, you know, well, fire on the stove. You're, you're, th this, this addendum doesn't exist if, they're, if the Cardinals anyway don't have some concern about Kyler's time studying off the field away from the team. Um, Kyler back in December even said, paraphrasing that you know i'm not the type of guy that's going to study film 24 hours a day right there are guys that do that there are some guys that don't but there's a there's a there's a perception about work ethic or the lack thereof around the black quarterback and i feel like this addendum in this is concerning 
I also think, number one, you talk about accountability. I think it's the complete opposite, actually. I think this is a Cardinals looking for the Cardinals maybe trying to get a way out. I, I, I'm i just speculating here. This is just my own belief. Um, it's possible that maybe the Cardinals aren't completely pleased with what they've done since Kyler Murray's been the quarterback. Right, they've made one. They, they've made it to the playoffs one time. Had one winning season. Uh, they got dusted in the playoffs this past season. It hasn't been the most successful time under Kyler Murray, quarterback. Maybe if the Cardinals one day decide that this isn't being met, or say that this stipulation isn't being met, then they void the contract. Now they're out of Kyler Murray, and now you know, like you know, we we, we the NFL is a business, and every, everybody's selfish. Don't think about themselves, right? And this is, I think, it could potentially be another example of that where. Things still aren't going their way. They can void this contract. Now they don't have to pay Kyler Murray. Technically, Kyler Murray, I, I don't think, would be able to sue because they would say, well, look, it's because he wasn't honoring this. It's in the contract. He signed the contract. Um, but more importantly, if if I'm Kyler Murray, I don't sign that. Like, even if you do have a concern about my um, how how much I'm studying, don't put that in my contract. That That is, I, I think that is... I think that it should have been a, a verbal understanding. Like I'm, you're going to sign this, but you're going to sign it with the understanding that you're going to give us, that you're going to meet this criteria. I don't think that should have been in the fine print because now that looks bad on Kyler again, because if the, if the Cardinals say, well, Hey dude, we're avoiding this contract because of this. It's one thing where they say that and it's not in the fine print of the contract, but it's in the fine print of his contract and he has to uphold to it. Um, I think there's also a little bit of accountability that needs to fall now on Cliff Kingsbury because Cliff Kingsbury wanted Kyler Murray. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury got hired after Steve Wilkes was there for one season, which I still think was absurd. Um, They had Josh Rosen for one season. The next season, they draft Kyler Murray. Josh Rosen's out the door. Why? Because Kyler Murray's Cliff Kingsbury's guy. Cliff Kingsbury at the presser at the beginning of training camp for the Cardinals said, I didn't really have much to do with the negotiations. I just did a lot of praying and pleading with both sides. Whatever, dude. Fact is, this is your guy. So, again, if this is in the contract, then you now need to be more on Kyler about making sure he meets it. Again, I'm not saying that he's lazy. I'm not saying he's not studying for however long. But you don't put something like that in a contract unless there's some concern, right? You, you're, It's like, like I said earlier, you're, you're not going to be told to do something or suggested to do something if there isn't some concern about it and so i think that this addendum whether it's whether there's truth to it whether it's something that it's like we're reading in too much into where it is i don't like it because of the narrative that surrounds black quarterbacks and because this being in a guy who many believe is top 10 i don't he's not in my top 10 we'll talk about that in a second but a guy that many believe is a top 10 quarterback in the nfl he's definitely the top 15 quarterback one of the more one of the better quarterbacks in football today, one of the more prolific quarterbacks in football today. Um, I don't like that that's in his contract. Um, Cause like I said, it's one of a kind. I don't think we've ever had a contract that requires independent study time outside of team innings. And to me, that's concerning, not for this situation, but for situations down the line for other black quarterbacks that will inevitably enter the league or even other black quarterbacks that are already in the league, but are going to be coming up on their contracts as they continue to play in the NFL. I don't like it. I would have much rather they do that verbally and not include the contract because it just, because I know how, like we know how the media cycle works. There's going to be people and these anonymous guys, as they always do every season, they're going to say, hey, well, well, you know, Kyler Murray, look, now this is what the black, this is why we don't draft black quarterbacks. I don't like the way that looks. Yeah, but um, if, you stay, if, the, if you, 
if you take that and run with it, like you're an idiot. You're a freaking idiot. Of course, like, you're an idiot. You're that's why I'm stupid. Yeah, like, of course. It doesn't. Of there's course. no like. I agree. Sure, like, like, yeah. Kyler Murray's black, but like he's one dude. Like, and it, and it doesn't mean it doesn't like like people need to stop taking things and running with it. Like, take. It, I agree with you. Take they, it at they face should. value. This doesn't have. <laughs> but we know. Yeah. We know. We we know how the sports world works. We know how yeah. the the world of media works. Which is why I'm saying I don't think it's true. I don't think I do think that. Like I said, I'm not saying that Kyler's lazy. I. I, I, I also don't think you just put this in there for no reason, though. Like, there's mm-hmm. got to be maybe some type of concerns about it. All I'm saying, though, is at the end of the day, there are people, idiots out there, come draft time, you know, that will say, look at a guy like a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young um, or, or a DJ Ugalele, right, and be like, hey, look, they're black, and we've got this guy here in the NFL that has to have independent study time put in this contract. We know how it goes all the time. Yeah. So. I don't that's why I'm concerned because there are going to be idiots out there that get paid to do this or not that are going to sit here and use this as as bait to kind of downplay other black quarterbacks. And I I don't like that. I don't like that. Um, So while we're talking about Kyler Murray, he is super talented. Um, Cliff Kingsbury is on record as saying that, you know, he is the guy that puts him in the best position to win a Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know who their backup is, but I mean, he's not wrong in that estimation. Is Kyler Murray a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, though? I There's a lot of good quarterbacks now. I, I, I forgot exactly where I had him on my ranking, but I, okay, I don't think he's better than Lamar Jackson. I don't sure. think. Vaguely, is he in the top 10 range? Yes. Like he's, he's around there. And if sure. he's out of the top 10, He's just out of it. But yeah. in terms of ceiling and potential, it, it's like top eight. Because he throws a great deep ball, obviously incredibly athletic and mobile. And he's just quick, like not in terms of like his movement, in terms of his release, in terms of um, like his the, the ball that he throws is tight. It's, it's a nice spiral. It has zip on it. And he's accurate. So – Everything that like Kyler Murray has everything there that you would want out of a great quarterback. That's why I think it's fine that they paid him. I think it's because he has the ceiling and we've seen it. We've seen it at times where he looks like he could be an MVP. And then just Mm -hmm. obviously the second half of the season, whether you want to put that at him, I personally say Cliff Kingsbury has been doing this since college. If you look at Cliff Kingsbury's record, he's had a losing record in every single back half of, of the season when he was a college coach and when he was in, in the NFL, which, you know, I don't know. I'd say he should be on the hot seat this year, but that's besides the point. Kyler Murray is, yes, he's he's got the top five potential, but he's right now he hasn't proven enough yet to be within that that upper echelons of quarterbacks. Um, I agree with you. He's 12th. Um, and again, I mean, you know, my, this whole quarterback thing has just been really baffling to me. I get so much heat for saying that Dak's better than Lamar, but I guess that's unacceptable. But putting Carr ahead of Lamar isn't, or putting Dak and Lamar ahead of, or Dak and Derek Carr ahead of Kyler Murray isn't. I don't know how it works. It's it's weird. But I think he's 12th. I think he's right behind Lamar Jackson, who I have 11th. Um, I'll be honest with you. I think I think the debate and and kill me if you want I don't care I think the debate between Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray isn't as open as shut as people would like for you to believe. Um, Lamar is much more lethal with his legs, but Kyler Murray is no scrub with his legs. Kyler Murray is yeah. probably right there, um, and he's a better passer. 
I think the one thing that works in Lamar's favor that doesn't work in Kyler's favor is Lamar's team as a whole doesn't fall apart in the second half of a football season the way that Kyler's does. I don't know if that's on Kyler. I'm a, I am of the belief that's on Cliff Kingsbury because, like you said, when has Cliff Kingsbury ever done good in the back half of a season? Never. Which is why he should have never been hired because he was hired with no winning seasons in college. But whatever. Um, I think that debate is close, but I definitely have him firmly tw- 12th. Um, just ahead of Matt Ryan, Jimmy G, and Kirk Cousins. Um, he's a really talented guy, though. Like he he don't the the talent for the the talent is there. That there just lacks a uh, consistency, and I don't think that's a Kyler Murray issue. I do think that's a Cliff Kingsbury issue. Is he on the hot seat this season? Because when you look at the NFC West, you've got a team in Seattle who has been to the playoffs multiple times since Cliff Kingsbury's been there, right? You've got a team in. Uh, the Rams, who just won a Super Bowl, and you've got a team in San Francisco who's been to a Super Bowl since Cliff Kingsbury's been there. This is a team that was seven and zero, and then just completely fell apart. If Cliff Kingsbury in the car, if, what what is it going to take for the for Cliff Kingsbury to return as the head coach next season if he is on the hot seat? You have to make the playoffs. I, uh, okay. You have to make the playoffs. Like, yeah. I would say win a playoff game. Don't just make it there. But he'll be retained if they make the playoffs again. Um, They lost pieces, and they do have to overcome DeAndre Hopkins' suspension. So if they continue to, to make the playoffs after that, I'd say he has enough leverage to say, I deserve to, to keep my job. Um, I don't think I don't think he should. Like, I, I, I don't think he will. I don't think the Cardinals will make the playoffs. And I think if they don't, you have to can them because I mean, it's, it's done. It's, it's done. Yeah. And, and yep. what they, what they did last season and that playoff game against the Rams was embarrassing, embarrassing. Was it for 31, 13. Yeah. And it was, it was worse than that. It was worse yeah. than that. Like the score. Yeah. The score was still an 18 point margin, but it was even worse than an 18 point margin. Like that was, it was awful. They, from the, yeah. from the moment the game started, they were done and they tapped out and lost as a coach. How are you not able to galvanize these guys and, and make them play with any kind of heart as, as the coach, how do you go into the second half? And you don't even have a little bit of a spark when you come back a little bit of a, a doing something different. It was almost like they gave up and threw their hands and just said, we don't got it. And it's like good coaches, like that's not characteristics of like well-coached teams. And Cliff Kingsbury has proven that the second half of every single year, they nothing changes. The offense is still the same and they figure it out. Maybe he changes it up a little bit year after year in the offseason, but when it gets to the nitty-gritty and it's time to actually win games when it matters in November, December, and in, and, and in January, like they don't. They don't win games, and that's where I think you should be judged as a coach, not what you do in September because no one cares. No one cares what you do in September. So I think Cliff Kingsbury is on the hot seat. I think if they don't make the playoffs, he's, he should be fired. I think if he makes the playoffs and even doesn't win, they'll keep him for next year as well. Cliff Kingsbury should be gone, whatever, like no matter what. I, I don't. He should be gone. He's not good at his job. He he was never he was never qualified for the job in the first place. He he should be gone. I don't care 
if the well, – I mean, obviously he won't. But, like, I don't care if the Cardinals win the Super Bowl and go undefeated. He should be – he's not a good head coach in today's NFL. He's just not. He's the worst coach in his division. He's one of the worst coaches in his conference, and he's one of the worst coaches in the league. He's not a good head coach. I don't want to hear anything about all he, but he's the reason Kyler Murray's there. Yeah. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The other reason why Kyler Murray's there is because the Cardinals suck the year before they drafted him. And even if Cliff Kingsbury wasn't the head coach, Kyler Murray probably would have gone to the Cardinals anyway because the, Card- the Cardinals had the number one overall pick that season. They... Kyler would be in Arizona whether Cliff Kingsbury was the coach or not because he was the best quarterback in the draft that year, I think. He was the best quarterback in the draft that year, or at least heading in he was, and they stunk. They had the number one overall pick, and when you need a quarterback and you have the number one overall pick, you draft a quarterback. That's just how it works. So I don't want to hear anything about, oh, well, Kyler wouldn't. No, he'd be there. This isn't a situation where Kyler Murray was picked 50th and Cliff Kingsbury was the head coach. That's different. He was the first overall. He was the first guy off the board for the team that had the number one overall pick. Of course, Kyler was going to end up there. So the Cliff Kingsbury being the reason why Kyler's there, baloney. When you get past that, they had a losing season his first season. They had a losing season his second season. They started off promising. People were talking about them going to the – oops. People were talking about uh, the Cardinals maybe going to the Super Bowl last season because of how great they started. And then, well, Rasul Douglas happened. And that's not really what happened, but I'm going to take credit for as a Packers fan because it just – it just makes me feel good. Um, the Packers game happened, and they finished with what ten wins last season. So, so you're telling me you 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 start the season seven and zero, and then you win three of your last ten games. That's terrible. That's terrible. That is directly on coaching. Forget about f- forget about Kyler being hurt and, and and all these guys. No, that that's on coaching. Because I watched the Dallas Cowboys last season go to Minnesota in primetime without Dak Prescott and win a football game. I. I've seen my Packers several times over the last couple of years go two games without Devontae Adams and win football games. Every single one of them, actually, whether people want to believe it or not. Like, that, 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 that's what good coaches do. Like, regardless of who's hurt, like, you, you play with who's available and you make it happen. The Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel were the number one seed in the AFC, and they started more players in the history of football. Like, no one started more players in the history of football than the Tennessee Titans did last season. They were without Derrick Henry for a large part of the season. He's their best player. They were without A.J. Brown a bit. They were without Julio Jones. Injuries all over the place, and they still won what they won 12 games last season and had the, and locked up the first seed in the AFC. So I don't want to hear anything about injury. No, this is a coaching issue. Cliff Kingsbury is a terrible coach, and he's not on the hottest seat in the NFL, but he's on the second hottest seat in the NFL as far as coaching is concerned. And you're going to say a playoff game, the Cardinals need to start winning playoff games. Like, it needs to happen. We're, we're talking about a situation where on paper, the Cardinals now that Jimmy G is probably gone are probably the second best team in the division on paper. And was a wide open NFC where once you get past the Packers, the Rams, the Bucks, and whoever's going to win the NFC East, there's three spots left. The Cardinals need to have one of those spots. Me, I'm going to give one of those spots to the Cowboys. So I think the Cowboys make the playoffs. I'm inclined to think that the Vikings make the playoffs. Are the Cardinals going to be better than the Saints this year? 
I mean, Kyler's the better quarterback. They should be. They won't be. But, like, they need to be in the conversation. They need to be in the playoffs. And if they make it to the playoffs, they need to win. I I, I am so sick of the I, – I don't like – I don't like when coaches get built in excuses to like kind of further their time with a team of ruining it. Like I, I, I hated that Joe judge got an extra season in, in, in New York because Saquon got hurt. I hated that. I, that, that's dumb. That's not his, like you still need to do with what you have and you sucked like that, that, that shouldn't work. I, I, I despised the fact that Jason Garrett got several years of mediocrity in Dallas and he just kept going because he was Jerry's boy. I hated it. I don't like the fact that Mike McCarthy is still there, despite the fact that his only job is to discipline the team and manage the clock. And he's failed at both of those things miserably, despite the fact that the team statistically and talent wise has gotten better. Cliff Kingsbury needs to go. Like, that is the fact of the matter. When you have the talent that you have offensively, when you have the talent that you have defensively, this is not a team that should be showing up to playoff games getting spanked by 18 points. I don't care that it's Los Angeles Rams and I don't care that they went on to win the Super Bowl. The fact of the matter is, you were at one point the best team in football and you collapsed. And that's not a player thing. That's a coaching thing. Like Cliff Kingsbury has to go. He he should never have been there in the first place, but he has to go. And any reason the Cardinals can think of to hold on to him is really just doing themselves a disservice because you've got a prime opportunity in the NFC where anything can happen, where you could potentially make it to the Super Bowl. You could. Like this is a team that has Super Bowl caliber talent, but they don't have a Super Bowl caliber coach. And that's the problem. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is 100% right. Kyler Murray could lead this team to a Super Bowl. He's, but what he neglected to mention is that he's not the coach that can coach them yeah. to the Super without Bowl. You. Without you. Without the problem. <laughs> and that's the problem. Is you, you give me, you put any other coach, any other quality coach in the NFL on the sidelines for, for Arizona, I like their chances of making it to the Super Bowl and being the third straight team in a row to host the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cliff Kingsbury is head coach. I don't like it. No, I just don't like it. I, I, I 100% agree. Like, I, I'm, I'm not in on Cliff Kingsbury at all. But the problem is the Cardinals aren't acting like there's any uh, potential way that he's out. I mean, they literally extended him this offseason. They gave him a contract extension this offseason. And I'm just saying, if they make the playoffs with Cliff, like, he has enough leverage, especially after just receiving a contract extension, to stay for at least another year. I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. I think he's I think he's holding them back more than they're like more than their players Absolutely. are to be honest. So Absolutely. But I just I feel like the Cardinals have no sense of urgency to get rid of him, especially after like they, they're not showing any signs of it. There are so many better options. There there is a and I know he's being tied to Dallas, but like Sean Payton being the coach of the Arizona Cardinals makes the Arizona Cardinals Super Bowl contenders. Like that matters. Yeah. It does. You we were talking about like so many other options, whether it's, you know, offensive coordinators like Greg Roman or Eric Bienemy, whether it's, you know, former head coaches that are still without a job um, or that may or may not have a job like a Sean Payton, like maybe a Marvin Lewis, if he's still interested. Hell, you might be able to get Brian Flores to come from Pittsburgh to be the head coach. Who knows? There's options. <laughs> They're all better than Cliff Kingsbury. And I under I, I know that they extended him. I don't care. He shouldn't be there. I, I don't think he – they only got the extension because they went 10-7. and seven. And – I don't think you deserve an extension after going 7-0 and and then winning three games the rest of the way. That's not contract extension worthy. In what world? In what world is that contract extension worthy? It, it doesn't make sense. You, you're, you're not going to – you wouldn't extend your quarterback that in his contract year starts off the season blazing, like just 
tor- like just torching the scorching the earth. Say he throws for, I don't know, 20 some odd touchdowns in the first seven games of the season. And he gives you five touchdowns and 10 interceptions the rest of the way. You're not going to extend that guy just because he had a really good top half. No, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. And the Cardinals finished terribly last season. And has everything to do with the coaching. Now, I don't want to get my blood pressure up, so let's just move on from, from Cliff Kingsbury. Let's talk about the wide receivers group. You've got DeAndre Hopkins, who is going to be suspended for the first six games of the season. You also now have brought in Marquise Brown um, via trade on draft night from, excuse me, the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Some more familiarity for, for Kyler Murray, because apparently the thing that the Cardinals want to do is just get as many familiarity around him as possible. I don't know if that's the key to success, but I believe they do still have uh, – A.J. Green, I think, um, and Rondell Moore is still there. So this quartet of wide receivers, this wide receiver core, where does it rank in the NFL? In the NFL, oh, my gosh. Um, without DeAndre Hopkins or with D-Hop? Both. Both? Okay. Well, without them, they're, like, you know, middle of the pack, probably, like, 20th. Um but it's not bad. Like they do. Like while while D Hop is gone for those first six games, they have good receivers to work with. I just feel like Rondale Moore is like kind of a, a a gadget guy, and Marquise Brown is just a more proven kind of like gadget guy. Whereas like AJ Green is a true number one, but at his age and after all that happened, he's not a true number one anymore. He's like, you know, he's, he's a number two. He had a really good season last year, like underrated season. It did. Um, yeah. But he's not a he's not a true number one anymore. But for six games, maybe he could you know have something left in the tank. But with D Hop, there's a lot of good receiving groups in the NFL, though. That's a problem. I would say they're 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 on the cusp of top ten with D Hop. Um, D Hop is a little bit on the decline though. Um, and but he's still fantastic. I think he's still a top top ten receiver in the NFL. Um, but I wouldn't call Marquise Brown top 15 even or even maybe even not top 20 um and certainly not Rondale Moore certainly not AJ Green anymore so you know I I, I, maybe they would crack the top 10 or have to sit down and look at each each wide receiver core but um they're certainly not touching Minnesota they're certainly not beating I don't think they beat New Orleans anymore um I don't think obviously they don't beat Tampa I don't think they beat the Rams I don't think I don't think they're better than the Chargers receiving core. Um, I don't think they're better than the Raiders receiving core. Like, there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of, they're certainly not better than the Bengals. Like, there's just a lot of good receiving yeah. cores out there. So I'd say they probably are just outside the top 10 with Diop. That's fair. Um, I don't have the graphic, but call it a hot take. I don't have Diop in my top 15 receivers in the NFL. Um, why? It's a great question. Let's talk about why. Um, DeAndre Hopkins had that spectacular season in Houston um, when he had no job, when no jobs, no drops, um, and it was spectacular. That I don't even. What year was that though? That that that, that would be a good starting point. I don't remember what year that was that he had that one really good season. Um, was that his last year in Houston? Maybe. Um, I don't remember exactly when that was. I'm sorry. But there was a season when he had no drops, and I don't remember what season that was. But if you just look at DeAndre Hopkins' career, and it's crazy to think that he's not top 15 because he's got 
splendid numbers, right? Uh, he had 1,200 yards his second season. Uh, he had 1,500 yards in 15, missed a couple games in 16, came back in 17, 18, and 19, um, posted over 1,000 yards in his last three years in Houston, no stretch. And then he had 1,400 years. He had 1,400 yards his first season um, in Arizona. I, I, there's just 15 guys I take ahead of DeAndre Hopkins at this point. I mean, I mean, call me crazy. Like I, I take Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, and Cooper Cup. I think clear DeAndre Hopkins at this point. Um, I also think that Mike Evans and Keenan Allen cleared DeAndre Hopkins. Now, the back half of my top 15 is where maybe there's a little bit of debate. Like, is DK Metcalf really better than DeAndre Hopkins at this point? I think so. Um, but I mean, it's up for debate. I've got CeeDee Lamb and Hunter Renfro and Amari Cooper and Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Terry McCord, and Chris Gowden all have him. I mean, look, he's 16th, if that makes you guys feel any better. Um, he's not, like, out of my top 20. Um, it's just a preference thing for me. I think D-Hop has a lot of miles on him. Um, and last season, he was dealing with a lot of injuries. He only played 10 games last season. He's only going to play the maximum games he can play this season is 10 because he's going to be – well, 11 because he'll be suspended for six. Um, maybe. Like, DeAndre, this is the thing for me, and I'll be completely honest. DeAndre Hopkins is never bereft of highlights, right? Like, he's always going to make a lot of really good catches because he's a really good fan. He's a really good player, and he has some of the best hands, if not the best hands in football still. I don't know, though, if he's still the difference maker that he was while he was in Houston. And I think that's, for me, what it is. Um, I look at a lot of other wide receivers and, and maybe having them outside of my top 15 is a little bit drastic. I'll be honest. When I listed my top 15, I just forgot about them. I'll, I'll be honest with you. But I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins still has the same impact on football and the same impact on winning that he once did um, because of just I don't know if it's the quarterback. I don't know if like. He just didn't look the same last season, really. And I know a lot of that had to do with injury, but it just didn't feel like that was DeAndre Hopkins. I don't I don't really know what it is. I think I know he put up 1400 in his first season, but I, I also think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they didn't really have anybody in his first season at the wide receiver position in 28 uh, in 2020. So there's a lot of different things. I mean, I think everybody in my back half, it's all debatable whether or not they're better than uh, DeAndre Hopkins, some have a better argument than others. Um, I don't have him in my top 15 right now, primarily because of injury. I'd like to see him play another full season of football. He played another full season of football. I'm sure he'll be back in my top 15. Um, yeah, it's just a preference thing at this point. I mean, based on what we saw last season, I think there's 15 guys I'd take ahead of him. Um, and when you stack it up over, you know, seasons past, he, he, he he's great. Don't get me wrong. He's a great player. He was three straight first team all pro in 17 18 19 um made the pro bowl all four all three of those years and in 2020 i don't i don't know man i don't know i'm not ready to say, I, I don't I'm not know ready to say if, that yet though like i i really just think it's i i really just think it's the injury thing for me um and i think we didn't see him for half the season last season we saw so many great wide receivers last season yeah that's true season. But he was really still good. pretty good when he was on the field. Yeah, he didn't have a lot of yards, but eight touchdowns in 10 games is not 
That's not anything no, to like. No, it's, it's, like, it's beautiful. No, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. He did play really good ball while he was healthy. I just look at it and I say, look, here's the thing. I am not going to lie. I do have a bias towards Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, and, and Mike Williams, even though Mike Williams isn't in my top 15, um, and Chris Godwin, because I think they're all highly disrespected. Um, I take all four. Well, maybe not Mike, Mike Williams, but I would take Evans, Keenan Allen, and Chris Godwin ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. That I know for a fact. And that might be crazy and not popular opinion, but that I would do. Um, everyone else in my top five, I mean, are top five for a reason. So we're talking now at this point, like if I were to just ignore the injury and just kind of plop them in my top 15, which I'll do right now, um, I'd put them at 10 or 11. Um, I think once you get past Mike Evans and Keenan Allen, like I said, everything else is kind of debatable as far as uh, DK and CD Lamb and Hunter and Fro, Amari Cooper, Tyree Kill and beyond so he'd be number eight on my list if i were to ignore the injury um but he was he missed half the season and he did play good football while he was available for those 10 games but i just saw a lot of other fantastic football yeah. from from a lot of other great players so ignoring injury he's it's, you're just saying on my list. you're saying it's like what have you done for me lately kind of thing yeah and, you just yeah. had an injured and i, and I, and I and it's it's Look, the, the the stats are there, and I'm not saying he's a scrub. It's just if we ignore the injury, I'd put him at eight. If I take into account the injury and I take into account what everyone else did while he was absent, I, I would have him more realistically hovering the 12 to 15 range, probably just outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing with Mike Williams. Like, I don't think Mike Williams gives him – he gets enough his flowers. And everyone's like, oh, he's always hurt. Okay, yeah, well, D-Hop had – an injury plague season last season. I think that's valid. Michael Thomas also isn't in my top 15 right now because I haven't seen him play football in a year. If I were to ignore the injury, he would clearly be in my top 10, of course, because he's that good. And I think he'll be back in my top 10 after this season passes. But right now, he hasn't played football in a year. I'm not – Sean Watson's not in my top 15. Why? Well, I haven't seen him play football in a year. Um, and it'll probably be a year and a half before we see him play football again uh, if you include last season and talk about half of this season. So – that's just kind of how I do things. I look the talents there, but I it's 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 like you mentioned. What have you done for me lately? Thing. So we've talked about all this stuff. Um, not to mention the fact we won't dive too much into it, but not to mention the fact that you know the defense did lose a massive piece in Chandler Jones, having left uh, Arizona now to go to the uh, the Ra- the Raiders. All that being said, um, while this might not be the toughest division in football anymore, this is still a pretty tough division when you look at the Super Bowl champion, uh, Los uh, Los Angeles Rams being in there. How many wins do the Cardinals have this season, and do you think they make the playoffs? Um, I have them missing the playoffs. I have them going eight and nine. Uh, I'm pulling up their schedule right now, but it is really tough. Yeah, they start off yes, against is. the Chiefs. That's a loss, mm-hmm. right? Then you go Raiders, tough game. Rams, tough game. Then you also have to play the Saints, the Vikings, you know, and then they have that tough division. They also have to play the Chargers. They have to play the Buccaneers. They have to play the Patriots and the Broncos. It's rough. It is yeah. not looking it's rough. good for Arizona. <laughs> it is rough. And, yeah. you know, like you mentioned, they did lose a lot of pieces this offseason. They did get Marquise Brown, but they lost Chase Edmonds. They lost um, Chandler Jones, their best pass rusher. And mm-hmm. it's just it, it's not looking good. It is not looking good for Arizona, and I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think that. I don't think that. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury can save himself by having a strong first half of the season this year when you open up the season with those three games. So, yeah, I think the Cardinals miss the playoffs. I think they go eight and nine, and I think Cliff Kingsbury is out the door. I do have them. I don't know if you've actually picked your. I know we were talking about it. I don't know if you've picked actually your wins and losses as far as how who they beat and who they lose 
too. I have them going nine and eight in the mission to playoffs. So just a one game difference. And I'll run down for you guys very quickly who I have them winning. I have, first of all, I have them starting the season 0 and 3. I don't see them beating Kansas City. I don't see them going to Vegas and winning that game. And I don't see them hosting champs and winning that game either. I think the first game comes against Carolina. I'll be honest with you, though, depending on who the starter is. And I think the writing's on the wall for it to be Baker, even though I'm already on record as saying I don't think it should be Baker. I think it should be a fair competition to see what happens. But it'll probably be Baker. If Christian McCaffrey's healthy and playing in that game, I actually like the Panthers' chances of winning that game, but I I did give the nod to the Cardinals. I could see them dropping that game, though. I have them losing to Philly. I have them beating Seattle. I have them losing to New Orleans. Um, They'll go on a nice little two-game streak. They'll beat Minnesota, I think, in Minnesota and then host the Seahawks again before losing to the Rams. Um, I have them beating San Francisco um, in the Mexico game on Monday night in Week 11, and then heading into the bye, they'll take a loss to the Chargers. At that point, they would have, uh, we're talking by week 12, they have five wins in my book. So they're going to go into their bye at five and seven. I think even though it's still a tough one, I do have them losing to the Patriots, but I have them beating Denver in Denver. I have them stealing one against the Buccaneers. I, I do have them beating the Buccaneers. Um, the Buccaneers are coming off an a interesting stretch where they go to Cleveland. Um, they, they play the Saints at home. They go to San Francisco and they they play the the Bengals, and while I have the Bucks winning all four of those games, I do think though that maybe that plays into a stretch into trap game form. So I have them winning that, and then they close out with a win in Atlanta, and then a win on the road again um, in San Francisco. Not not uh, nine and eight wins. N- nine and eight is the record. I do think though that they're they're not going to make the playoffs. It's just tough. I mean, if I'm just just to spoil some of the records in the NFC, um, like I've got. Let's see here. Who else do I have doing good? Like I've got the Bucks going thirteen and four. Um, I have the Cowboys at 11 and six. I've got the Eagles at 12 and five. Uh, it's crowded, I think, interestingly enough. Uh, I've got the Packers um, at 12 and five. Uh, I have the Rams at 14 and three. The Saints are going to be good this season. I haven't finished theirs yet, but I think right now I'm looking at 12 and I've got the Vikings at 10. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So while, the, while, while there's not as many great teams in the NFC as there are in the AFC. Like there's a, we were talking about, you can list 10 solid teams that might make the playoffs, right? You've got the entire AFC West. You've got the bills. You've got the, the Pats, obviously the Ravens and the Bengals. That's eight teams there. You got the Colts. That makes nine. There's only seven spots. Uh, the, the Dolphins could be good. And there's 10, maybe the Titans are okay. And that's 11. There's only seven spots in the NFC. I think once you get past, like I said earlier, once you get past, Three division winners and the Packers, the Bucks, and the Rams, and whoever wins the NFC East, whether that's the Cowboys or the Eagles, so I'll just throw them in there. That's five good teams. Or well, there's three good teams, three great teams. The rest are kind of above average to solid. I think the the, the Cardinals are going to be a victim of coaching. Um, that's really what it comes down to is coaching. Like I take Mike McCarthy ahead of Cliff Kingsbury. I would take Dennis Allen before I would take Cliff Kingsbury. I'd take uh, Kevin O'Connell in in Minnesota before I'd take Cliff Kingsbury to be my coach. Um, and so with all that being said, nine and eight, they missed the playoffs. Um, they'll be a middle of the pack team. They'll be back to normal. I think last season, here's the thing. If we're being honest, the seven and zero start, I think um, as great as it was, there were a lot of close calls in there. Like they, 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 they won those games by the skin of their teeth. I think they went, they 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 went to the limit with the Bengals. They went to the limit with the um, with the Vikings in there as well. Like there were a lot of close calls for the Cardinals in the beginning. I mean, look, a win is a win is a win is a win, right? At the end of the day, that's all that matters. 
but there was a lot of close calls. And so while they finished, they were like, we're talking, okay, yeah, they blew out the Titans, but they beat uh, Minnesota by one point. They uh, beat the, they beat, let's see, they, they beat the 49ers by a touchdown. Um, it's just, it's tough. Like they had a lot of close calls in the beginning. They kind of like pulled away in some of them, but for the most part, there were a lot of close calls. Um, and like I said, while they finished 10 and seven, it just wasn't, I'm sorry, they finished 11 and six, but it wasn't, uh, wasn't a good 11 and six. It was a tumultuous 11 and six on that back half. Um, and there were even some games in the back half that they were in danger of losing. Like the game against the Dallas Cowboys, they were in danger of losing that game when they found a way to pull that rabbit out the hat before they lost to the Seahawks at the end of the season. So um, the Cardinals are going to go back to being mediocre, um, which is where they belong. It's what they've been doing for the past couple seasons. Um and there's nothing wrong with being mediocre. You know, mediocrity is good. You need mediocrity to know what greatness is. And you, you need to know what greatness is, to know what elite is. That's just kind of how the things, it's kind of how things work. So if you're a Cardinals fan and you don't like this episode, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Did you think I was going to sing the praise of the Cardinals? No, you're, you're absurd. I sang the praises of Kyler Murray. And that's, that's really the only player that deserves to get their praises sang at this point. And, and D hop, you know, if he comes back and he's great but Baker. aside from that. Uh, Buda Baker's fantastic. Buda Baker doesn't, had a nice year. Buda Baker doesn't really have an impact on winning. I love Buda Baker, yeah. but him yeah. by himself doesn't have an, a, an impact on winning. No, uh, just because of just because he plays defense, and there aren't many defensive guys that have. And he's a safety, so that's yeah. not a position that usually impacts winning. But he is a solid player. I do love Buda Baker, of course. Um, all that being said, nine and eight. You have him at eight and nine. I mean, whatever. It's, it, it's a it's a it's a coins flip. Um. I'm going to do it out of obligation because I do it for everyone. But at this point, if you don't know where to find Peyton, then A, that means you don't actually watch the show or listen to the show, and that's a problem. Um, and or B, that you're not subscribed to the show, which is even more of a problem than you just not watching or listening to the end of the show. So Peyton, please let everybody know where they can find you and all your content. At PD Sports, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and then at Peyton Doyle Show on Twitter and Facebook. And like Marcus said, if you... If you don't know that by now, you don't watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm I'm positive that Peyton's been on this show more than anyone the past month, um, which means that he said that at least 10 times. By now. Yeah, so if you don't know that we've got we, we've got bigger problems. But um, yeah, listen, we're almost done with with the NFL offseason series. Uh, as far as all 32 teams is episode 23. We've got a couple small episodes and at the end of this mini series we'll I'll rank quarterbacks I'll rank um some teams I'll do some other small things I'll talk about the coaches I'll give my playoff predictions for the AFC and the NFC um and I'll give my Super Bowl prediction also by the way as I do all the time now on the two-year show I will give my finals prediction for the NBA so watch it because I'll give my finals prediction I did it last season I said it was going to be uh I said it was going to be the, the Warriors and the – I don't even – the Sixers. It wasn't the Sixers. It was the Warriors and the Celtics. But I did say the Warriors were going to win the finals last season in August. So, I'm not saying I'm good at what I do, but he, he's <laughs> I'm not good at what I do. He's him, but he's <laughs> I'm, I'm good at what I do. So, if you want to get my finals prediction um, for the NBA finals and also my Super Bowl prediction as well, um, tune into the two-year show. Also, because it's the two-year show, Tune into the two-year show. I mean, I, I don't know what other reason you would need aside from that, but if you need an extra sense of it so that you can hear me predict the finals and predict the Super Bowl. Um, I didn't predict the Super Bowl the right way. Last year, I said it was going to be the Bills and the Packers. It was obviously the Rams and the Bengals. 
This year, though, I do have my Super Bowl prediction ready for you guys. So next Wednesday, um, 8 p.m. on this channel, on Twitter, um, and on Twitch, you guys can tune in. I think Peyton will be there. We'll have some other guys that will be there as well um, to celebrate two years and talk about some of the things that are going on in the world of sports. Hopefully, someone will finally answer the question of what does Lamar Jackson do better than Dak Prescott because – no one's answered that question for me, aside from mobility, that is. No one's seemed to find an answer for me, and I'm not going to stop asking until I get an answer. Um, maybe we get an answer, so tune in for that as well. Um, we'll talk about KD. We'll talk about Kyrie. We'll talk about Donovan Mitchell. Um, and like I said, we'll do a little bit of football as well. So just tune in. It'll be fun. Last year's show was two hours. I don't think this year's show will be two hours, but, I mean, it, it very well could be. There's going to be a lot of people on the show, so like it, it could go for two hours. I'll try not to make it go for two hours, though, but, I mean, you kind of just got to let the – let it do what it do. So um, follow on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at GTP Marcus on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, YouTube at Go Talk with Marcus, and on Facebook too. Go Talk with Marcus as well. Although you'll probably have to look up my name, which is Dwayne Marcus. But Go Talk with Marcus on Facebook as well. There's nothing on there yet, but there will be soon. Um, so again, for Peyton Dolo, Peyton Dolo Show, this is Marcus at Go Talk with Marcus. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the channel. And then enjoy the rest of your lives. I'm not, from now on, if you're not subscribed to the channel, I'm not going to tell you to enjoy the rest of your lives. I'm only going to say that to the people that are subscribed. So if you want to enjoy the rest of your life, subscribe to the channel and then maybe you will. Peace out, people.